0: Welcome back, film fans. This is Beer Bourbon in a Movie. I'm Tawana. And I'm Vaughn. Bon. And we're two filmmaking cinephiles dedicated to ER, the art of film, the taste of a good beverage, and everything between. We're glad you're back, people. So grab a seat, film fans, beer drinkers, and bourbon lovers alike. This is episode 62. 62. This episode,
1: we're going to be reviewing the documentary Disclosure and also Old Guard on Netflix. Yeah. So, Tawana, what are we sipping on today?
0: So, I want to continue on in my air of blackness Uh and talk about a little something called Black is Beautiful. Every day. Every day. All day, all night. Um, so what Black is Beautiful is, it's a collective effort to raise awareness for the injustices people of color face daily and raise funds for police brutality reform and legal defenses for those who have been wronged. It's been started by the good people at Weathered Souls. So what they did was they they made a imperial stout, um, which I'll explain about what that is in a second, but what they did is they created a basic recipe for an imperial stout, and then asked breweries around the world—not just our country, but around the world—to join the cause. Um, and so, what it would do is, um, in bringing this, in, in bringing this uh, sort of like unanimous, like collaborative effort, it would—they would ask breweries to donate one hundred percent of their proceeds to local foundations that support both police brutality reform and legal defenses for those who have been wrong. Um, so you would just basically choose a local organization of your choice and, uh, that would commit to long-term work of equality. And so what you could do to make it your own is that Weathered Souls recommended that each brewery put in um, elements or ingredients that they felt were close to their heart. Um, So, up to date. Oh, also, if you go on the website, uh, blackisbeautiful.beer, like there's a whole label design, label printing websites and whatnot. Um, You can buy like merch. Everything goes to the foundations. And so, uh, even beer drinkers can support the cause by looking up their local breweries and finding out who has what in what location. And to date, Participating breweries are 1,089 in 50 states and 20 countries. And so, quite excited that I was, little beer geek, didn't realize that this was such a massive effort. I thought it was just like Weathered Souls just doing a Black is Beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. And then we go to our local brewery, or brewery, or bar, yeah. um, Harlem Hops, here in Harlem.
1: Harlem, USA.
0: USA, baby, look em up. Black owned and everything. Um, and they would have it there, so I was very shocked. So I tried one before. Um, I want to say it was the Finback one, because Finback is a local brewery. And then we go back again, and they're in a different bottle, and this time it's uh, the other half-brewing company out of Brooklyn. And so what the other half company out of Brooklyn did was add uh, cacao nibs and vanilla. Uh I hear that Gunhill Brewery is next and they're going to add a Dolce De Leche to theirs. Um that sounds great, right? And there are a few others that are going to do something locally, so that's how we're able to get it, but within look go to the website cuz within your nation, in your nation, what the fuck. Well, actually, yeah, because it's an international thing. But if you're here in America, within your local state you can look up your favorite breweries and see if they're on there and then you can actually go to those breweries or bars um, who are selling to-go packages and you can get it there and then you can research who does what so um, just wanted to highlight that and uh, explain also um, what an imperial stout is briefly an imperial stout which is basically uh, uh, sort of like a Russian stout. It's was, it was just from the 1800s, very old recipe, um, brewed in England and shipped to Russia specifically for the imperial court of Russia, which is why it's an imperial stout. Uh, so the hops, the malts used during this are sort of doubled or even tripled. This one that I'm drinking today, by the other half, brewery is like 15.5. I'm drinking one bottle. <laughs> Cause I'm not trying to get fucked up. Uh... So anyway, so yeah, so this is the reason why it's 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 so high and in ABV is because everything is doubled and tripled and resulting in this like alcoholic punch to the gut. Um, and so basically, it, it it has this really rich taste, right? So it's this roasty aroma, features like dark cocoa and uh, dried dark fruits and full-bodied, very full-bodied. It's like chewing it. Yeah, it's it, too it, much for me. It's too much for you, but I, I really like a stout. Um, especially good in like the winter because it's very hearty. Um, I would
1: mix it in a brownie mix,
0: yeah, yeah, you can it'd, definitely it'd do that good in brownie, which is why, um, which is why the other half's version works so well because it has the cacao nibs and the vanilla, mm-hmm. so that adds to it. And we were speaking earlier with our uh lovely friend Ben, yes, ben. <laughs> and we were saying how chai would be good. Yeah. Um, there was something else we said, I can't really recall. Um, but anything sort of like dried or roasted fruit, because it, it, it just has this really smooth, rich palate, bitter, sweet chocolate. You know, toffee would work because it has like a burnt toffee grace. So that Dolce de Leche from Gun Hill would be nice. Mm-hmm. You know. Now, what was
1: the difference between the one that we saw in the grocery store, the one in the can that we saw?
0: No, we never got it from the grocery store, only from. No, there, but it, it was in there the was,
1: grocery store too. And it was the same one, it was in Whole Foods. They had it in Whole Foods. Do we see one in Whole yep, Foods? Yep, there was one in Whole Foods.
0: You know, I didn't pick it up.
1: And it was in a, it's in a can. But if
0: it's in a can, I'm assuming it was the Finback one.
1: Because
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, I know they, they do local suppliers.
0: Yeah, it's local. Well, the Black is Beautiful is really just basically, like, wholesale suppliers, period. So, mm-hmm. like, the issue is, is, like, if you found something in, like, your local um, the grocery store or local bar you were drinking something that was very locally sourced. Right. And so I'm trying my best to really quickly find it. Um, but it had definitely different ingredients, as you just mentioned. We also had that from Harlem Hops as well. Yes, a couple, uh, of weeks, ago. couple weeks ago. And I might not fucking find it. That's okay. We'll Doesn't post look like it, it. but anyway, website. go go. I mean, I'm a, I'll post in the show notes, and if you have Instagram, mm-hmm. Finback Brewery is their their name. They're a local. I'm pretty sure they're in Brooklyn as well. They're a local uh, brewery. Um, no, they're in Queens, um, and so you can just check that out as well. There's one of the. It's like one of my f- other favorite breweries here that really sort of do a lot of things with their beer, but nevertheless. Don't be afraid of the richness of this. This is tasty, and the proceeds go to a fantastic charity. So donate by buying some. Or you can just go to their website and buy some merch, if that's what you want. Right. People you believe black is beautiful and you want to be a good ally, get with it. I hear you. What you got, Vaughn?
1: Well, today I decided to bring back uh, Elijah Craig, small batch, uh, from uh, Scott County, Kentucky, named after Eli- reverend elijah craig who was the creator of this blend of bourbon and he's also known as the the uh, what do they call him they call him the father of bourbon from kentucky so he that's where he gets his name his legacy from because he came in and he created the storing the b- bourbon in those charred oak barrels he was mm-hmm. the the creator of that form of blending the bourbon. That's correct. Before then 'cause it was before that it was just like a it was a sour mash and it wasn't it, it, it was just stored in any kind of thing. But he was the one that decided that it needed to be stored in those oak barrels, those charred oak barrels. And so that's why he gets the association of being called the the father of bourbon. And it's been around since um oh my God, many, 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 many moons. Uh let's see. So it's been around since um Wow, I lost the date here. No worries. It's been around since uh seventeen eighty nine. There you go. Wow. That's and, been um, it's uh <laughs> ninety-four proof. Wow. And uh, it's about forty seven percent A V P. So it's uh pretty strong and it'll, it'll take you there. I'm sipping it slowly, very neat. It's no, nice. No mix tonight.
0: It's got a nice taste.
1: Right now they're being distributed through the Heavenly Hill Heaven Hill Company uh-huh. distributor. So uh, it's it's available in a lot of different places. It's uh this bottle this bottle roughly is about 40 bucks, so, you know, it's pretty averagely priced, but it's, it's pretty tasty, and it'll take you there, and it'll make a great Manhattan.
0: Right, right. So, I found the, uh, the posting on Finback, and so they had a 9% Imperial Stout with Ecuadorian Santa Gariti's Coffee. Okay. It's just bold and unctuous. It's definitely and, that. And that they, sounds
2: like it'd make a good ice cream, yes. right?
0: A good ice cream or or a beer cocktail, like beer float rather. Ooh, that would be. Good. I could do
2: that. I could get behind that. A beer, a beer, float, f- yes. a
0: beer float is nice. Yeah. It's just like root beer because you I just don't taste, beer over it. Yeah, I don't
1: taste any beer. I just taste all of that.
2: But and the sweetness chocolate. would help cut some of the. Yeah. Like well, because
0: because an imperial stout is so uh, rich and thick, it doesn't. It doesn't go down like an average beer you know it's not Definitely like not. tossing a corona or something yeah, you know. which is literally like water in comparison to this oh, yeah. but also the thickness adds to the fact that you're about to get a little fucked up at 15 mm-hmm. percent or 9 mm-hmm. but yeah and I, I mean i really like the like finback for example is donating to the audrey lord project and the brooklyn bailout fund
1: Wow. Very cool.
0: So I mean, they're picking local charities that need the help, right? And so majority of the proceeds, uh, I guess, apart from paying for whatever it needs to be created, is being donated. That's awesome. And hmm. I hope they fucking keep continuing this. And and and, and bravo to to Weathered Soul Brewing Brewery, because um, yeah, you guys are doing it. Yeah. Right. Way to go, allies. Okay. <laughs> so. Well, um,
1: well, once again, uh, like I said, we're back, and uh, thank you, Kevin, for sitting in today and yes. for being we're our guest. and are uh, trying to push ha- this out. The Harlem Studios.
0: Yeah. <laughs> trying to push this out amid everything else.
2: Exactly. It's, it's worth the seven-day journey to get here. <laughs> Absolutely. That's we, how we
0: feel when we visit you. I know.
1: <laughs> for sure, for sure. And, you know, I just wanted to dip into a little bit of industry news because we've been, so much has been happening in, in the world of production and in in cinema and in, in creation during this time of the, of the pandemic and all of that. But one thing that they've been, that's really been a, a game changer for Production and, and the release of movies is the fact that because of the pandemic and not knowing if people are going to feel safe in theaters, they've been bumping these big summer releases. Like, cause we do not have a summer blockbuster, and this is the first time in years that we haven't had one. And so, and then there was a lot of movies. Initially, there was a lot of movies being streamed on on all the streaming services. Right. But even that has kind of fallen aside. They decided to push these films into 2021. Yes. But one of the one of the cornerstone films that's been talked about for the last three or four years now is Christopher Nolan's Tenet. Uh, And and it's been moved and moved and moved several times over the summer since the whole thing began. And now they're saying that it's going to have a domestic release on September 3rd. But before that, they're going to release it internationally in Italy and in other countries like that, Japan is signed on to be part of the release because they want to give it an international release since, they'll, since those audiences are able to go to theaters. Mm-hmm. And once it comes to the US tech, tentatively scheduled now for September 3rd, they're going to release it in these smaller markets. So you're not, it's not necessarily going to release in LA, New York or Chicago, but it's going to go out in all these other smaller places because they want 80% of the population of the US to have seen the movie once it releases in September third, so I think that's pretty interesting that they're they're determined to because they're determined to bring the the theater audience back because that's been missing and the streaming business has gone up two hundred percent since this whole crisis has Absolutely.
0: started. Absolutely, what else would we be doing? Two
1: hundred percent, and and they're very upset that the the box office. Industry is very upset that all the streaming services are making so much money and they don't have access to that. Yeah. And I think that's also the that buy-in with AMC and, um,
2: and, Universal. and
1: Universal, that they yeah. want to tap into that mm-hmm. in a way that they're getting something coming from both ends. It's, it's very interesting to see. How this whole crisis has impacted so many things because the productions have been slowed Production. down. Yeah. it's, it's, it's going to be a-
0: productions have been changed. too. Right. Oh, that motor time. motor of operations has been completely well, different.
2: I mean, the unions are all weighing. Like, I mean, the Producers Guild weighed in in terms of best practices mm-hmm. on yeah. set. Um, the Teamsters have weighed in and have basically, you know, I just saw something the other day where the head of the Teamsters said that what the industry has outlined is not good enough for the Teamsters. Like, mm-hmm. it's they they they're going to have to do better in terms of protection. And in, in, in terms of the rolling out the schedule, too, you know, because production also stopped, if we weren't pushing all these films into 2021, we'd be dealing with a hole in 2021. Right. Big
1: gaps in the, in, the, yeah. in the year.
2: When the theaters are, in theory at least, um, open, I, I just don't know that people are going to be that ready to go back out again. They're not. They're not.
1: They're not yeah.
0: I'm not.
2: They're
1: definitely not. And I'm not. I'm, it's it's well, really I'm worried kinda, about it. It's really kind of interesting. But I, I really think that because I, I work in advertising and we've been dealing with that when it comes to shooting our, our commercials and, and the content like that, because now we've had to find markets where it's, one is not a hot spot, and then two, there's all these COVID rules and there's, mm-hmm. a, there's a person on set. The cast and the crew have to be sequestered for so many weeks prior to the shoot beginning. And then we had to move. For one client, we actually had to move locations. We were initially scheduled to do it in L.A., and then we had to move the, the location because of the uh, L.A. becoming a hot spot again. And then moving to another place, which then later became a hot spot. But then we had the we had the cast and the crew isolated mm-hmm. in a big house, you know. And the director wasn't even there because the director didn't want to necessarily fly in. So it was a lot of Zoom calling and the clients on one Zoom station and the other people on another, the crew, the guys, you know, everything about it had to change. And there was a person on set who their only job was to monitor the safety as it relates to COVID. You know, everything about production, all the compliance had to change. So it was Mm -hmm. just like, and then we're shooting stuff in other countries where where they've opened up. And so a lot of productions happen. And so so it's going to be interesting to see one what the content's going to be like next year. Yeah, you know, and, and, and what it's going to feel like. And and uh, and like the soap operas are coming back within the next two weeks. They've been because they, they've been shooting again. Yeah, but in very limited and very strange ways. Yeah, they've also been some secret productions of shows.
0: Of course, and Days is a uh, pretty pretty had been pretty stalwart and shooting their stuff all the way to October. Right, so yeah. they lucked out and. In being able to show recent episodes, right.
1: So and then others have you know kind of shelved stuff until they kind of opened up again. Yeah. Then they can pull back up. But it's just it's it's kind of
2: oh there's going to be a COVID look. Yeah. Like, there's going to be a look. You know, oh, there's definitely going to be a COVID look. I mean,
0: I I shot a uh, an episode of a television show and, and PSA in the same day. Yeah. And even by our small set, we were following the rules. And there is no communal dining like there used to be. There is no crafty. Everything comes uh, individually wrapped. Um, We're close, but not that close. Remember everyone, there's no video village. Remember how everyone is like, hunkered over a monitor or a screen of some sort. I mean, the editor was there, but he was like five steps behind me. And looking at a much larger monitor off to the side, um, his assistant, the director, he was apart then we had to make sure the boom guy was uh, the sound guy was far away with his boom rather uh people asking questions i yeah. mean cuz it was an interview it, 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 there was a lot there was a lot happening and no one could be touched
2: we i you know the the thing i thought about it for the longest time is that obviously production is going to be impacted because yes. that requires people getting together but I really thought that post production wouldn't be that impacted because you can do that separately, right? Right. But with um, when I started looking into the delay of um, the the Star Trek series on CBS Discovery, I realized that they still have to score the films, mm-hmm. like, and so like they couldn't get the orchestra together. Right. They had to figure out how to do that to actually score the episode. Yeah. In yes. order to actually release it so it's not just visual graphics it's not just whatever
0: but think about it a lot of episodes of television shows had been cut short or delayed Walking Dead wasn't able to finish because Mm. they had some post production issues where they couldn't get everybody in the same room and so they had to shut it cut it at some point Empire did the same thing Um, what was the one with James Spader Blacklist Yeah. they went into an animated version where the parts they had shot filmed and then they would morph into this animated version and then they would morph back out into live action, so it was a lot. Because they had to fill
1: the gaps. They yeah.
0: had to fill the gaps with this anime-mated uh, section, which was actually kind of genius because yeah. it worked. But. Um, and then yeah. we all
2: we all learned that RuPaul really can't do her own makeup.
0: Yes, all of that. <laughs> <laughs> But I think, think I think surprise. that's the think interesting
2: surprise.
1: part about this whole thing. I think we, we we're, one we're having to learn different ways of communication. Yes, and I think that, and, and I feel sorry for in, a lot in of all my, a lot of my post-production friends because they've been not able to do the work that they would normally be able to do. And uh, it's just it's just funny how how things all kind of work together, and and how we one we've been thirsting for content because there's nothing else to do but the fact is it's so hard to get the content done
0: also i feel like i don't know about anybody else but i've been hesitant to rent things that have been coming available to rent because I didn't want to see them on a small tv yeah Mm
2: -hmm. i mean
0: we don't have a small tv you know there's a big tv you can watch it on but that's still not a theatrical release you know what i mean right so it it feels it feels like uh, I don't know if And I'm that's why they held it.
1: back That's why they held back On films like Wonder Woman and Mulan because uh, Antebellum, they, Antebellum Candyman They felt like it needed A bigger It needs a bigger exposure, And that's the other thing With m- the Nolan film
0: Right It's another thing With the Nolan film It needs a much better um, um, Not exposure What's what's the word uh, Another A better way to observe it To view it right,
2: It's the experience it's, of it Because
0: it, it really is The experience of a movie
2: Yeah well, if Christopher Nolan is listening and he wants to throw in a seventy millimeter projector, I have a large backyard. But I'd be more than happy to. <laughs>
0: you would volunteer it. You would volunteer. I'm more than happy to right,
2: volunteer go, my backyard.
1: Absolutely. And uh, speaking of speaking of streaming, just to let everybody know, Beyonce's film Black Is King is on Disney Plus. So check it out if you have access to it. You know she's doing her thing as usual. So once again. You know the content is still going to be out there. People are still creating. There are a lot of podcasts. There are a lot, and po- podcast listenership is actually going down. But. It's because the traditional ways of how people listen to podcasts has changed. Because we're not we're not commuting to work. So right. because of that.
0: So it's not just an ear in the background noise of your Right, commute. of your
1: commute. It's now you have to, it's almost like. You're sitting and listening. Right, people. I have to want to go to it and do it. And I'm sure so, Audible is the same. <laughs> people
0: right. People are like, well, I didn't want to really listen to this book if I wasn't going somewhere. <laughs> right, you're just going
1: from one room to the next.
0: <laughs> it's like, oh. Uh, so hmm. it's a different kind of experience. I'm going to pause this chapter. It's
1: fine, Right. But you know That's that's just kind of Where things stand At this point today But I think it's Once again it's changing And ever evolving So hopefully Yeah You know But I don't really see A lot of people Going back to theaters In major chunks of the country no, Until 2021 Really
0: it's, it's gonna be like Probably like mid-21 Yeah 2021 You know So we'll see what happens Yeah let's see But you wanna so, jump Into some movies then uh, Yeah let's do The old guard first yes. Because I feel like um, We'll
1: spend more time on We'll disclosure. spend a
0: lot more time On disclosure than I Absolutely. think Absolutely Ogre will uh, need okay. uh, So let's start it off Yes please Ogre This is
1: Tawana's One of Tawana's favorite
0: movies First summer, of way. all It's been a bit of a lonely Pandemic So this is giving no, me joy It was hot It was hot This is giving yeah, me joy got plenty of joy Okay this, this gave me whatever Sort of girl nut I needed to get Okay because, girl nut Because um, First of all Let's put you, that
1: on a t-shirt please Yes Girl Nuts
0: And I'll model it every fucking day Okay, Girl Nuts, let's go (laughs) Girl Nuts Um, um, Okay, so if you've listened to the show at all um, You know, I'm a huge Femme Fatale fan Right? I've reviewed some films I've uh, waxed gloriously about certain actors Yes And uh, here she is again Here she is again Uh, Charlize Theron, who I absolutely love, is starring not only by herself, but I just had to mention. She's starring in a film called The Old Guard. And the reason why I was very excited about The Old Guard, because I know nothing about the graphic novel. The reason why I was excited about The Old Guard is because we got black star power and we've got women power. Yes. Helmed by Gina Prince-Blywood, right? So you might know her. Um... If you've ever seen Love and Basketball, yes. if you've ever seen The Secret Life of Bees, if you've ever seen Behind uh, Beyond the Lights, mm-hmm. um, she film, is too. yeah, good films. Mm-hmm. She's a great writer too, um, and I was excited to see her attack an action adventure type of film,
1: which is not often given to women. Which to is not do. often
0: given to yeah, women because yeah. they think we don't like action.
1: At least of all black women, they
0: think yeah, they think you know we're sitting around you know. Enjoying, enjoying our girl nuts and yes. not really participating in the rest of the world. <laughs> so, um, wow. So, anyway, the Has synopsis said I said girl nuts. <laughs> so, <laughs> the synopsis of this is a covert team of immortal mercenaries are suddenly exposed and must now fight to keep their identity a secret, just as an unexpected new member is discovered. Starring mm-hmm. Charlize Theron. Yes. Ooh, I rolled my R's. Oh, yes, you did. <laughs> Kiki Lane. Um, you may know her from... Uh, she's she's up Bill and coming. Street. Bill Street. Mm-hmm. She was also a native son. Yes. Um, and I like her. She can do a lot in a lot of different roles. I, I feel like this is totally different. Uh, Mateus... I might mispronounce his name. Uh, He was the uncle in... Um,
1: Red Sparrow. Red
0: Sparrow. Thank mm-hmm. you. He was in The Danish Girl, Rust and Bone, uh, Bullhead. Few others. Uh, we also have uh, a few others that you may know. Uh, Marwin Kinzari, who played Joe. Mm-hmm. He was um, not Mufasa. He was. He Jafar. was Jafar in Aladdin, and he was in What Happened to Monday, which is a great. Movie on Netflix, by the yeah, way. it is. Um, Netflix, hashtag sponsorship. Okay, we've been mentioning you a lot lately. Mm-hmm. So if you want some lack voices, speak up. We know you. We know you. You fucks with us. Mm-hmm. Anyway. <laughs> um, and then, uh, Chiwi Atel of Four. Ooh. Wow. Landed that.
2: He's so good.
0: He's good. so he's so good. I'm sorry, I'm horrible. i mis- mispronouncing people's names. She would tell
2: Elijah for, but that's okay. Yeah.
0: Damn, damn
2: you enough. just. You just slammed her s- girl nuts.
0: Just slam my girl nuts. Wow. Deflated. Just totally. I'm, I'm sure many of you know him from Twelve Years a Slave. He's in 2012, Serenity. He was in a lot of other and, films. And
2: I know that because of Twelve Years a Slave. Because of that, everyone in the free world had to like stop and learn how to pronounce. He to would s- tell Elijah for. Yeah, <laughs> then, right, right,
0: right. It was, it was, it was just like a whole thing. And then uh, Luca Marinelli, uh, who was also on the team, but he's been in a number of films as well. So I completely love this film. Why did I like this film? It was action-packed. It was full of fun. I love to see these women beat a motherfucker's ass. Okay? Not just on some bullshit MMA shit. Like, stylized, really well-crafted uh, filmmaking. And uh, the lines, the, the, the dialogue was good. The music was good. Um, it was very epic. They spanned several nations, <laughs> several countries. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it had a, a bit of a historical context and i uh i really love the historical part to it so it 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 was interesting and i like that obviously because it is a part of a graphic novel by um greg rucker who also helped with the screenplay okay. um
1: that's why it was so true to that's the why story.
0: it was also probably so true to the story mm-hmm. so i guess if you're a fan of the old guard you probably really appreciated it as well Uh, And of course, it's set up for more sequels because it is a graphic novel, so how could it not be?
2: Yeah. So full disclosure. Yes. I watched it and I... I thought it was actually a series. It, yeah, it feels that's, like that's series. what
0: Vaughn said too. It feels
1: like the opening of a series,
2: but I it so when it when it ended, like I was really upset because I thought the the binge watching portion of Netflix had broken because yeah. it was And I'm right. like, where are the other episodes? I was like, right. oh, it's a movie.
0: But I think that's I think that was the I think that's the benefit of it is yeah. because it brings people back. Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. they were, and you want to know what happens, right? And so, I mean, mind you, they didn't leave. It wasn't. It was a close ending of sorts, but it, it it left it open for new
2: oh absolutely. new
0: new chapters. And so I think it's great because now I think that they can continue this on, and mm-hmm. hopefully Gina will stay with it, and of course Charlie as well because she's the main woman. <laughs>
2: Well, uh, but will she though for very long?
0: I think she will because I think if this is a graphic novel, there's probably more to it, and I don't think they're gonna lose a char- major character. That's yeah. like that's like how long did do do we lose uh, Rick from from Walking Dead? Like that's eventually true. Yeah. he had to die or yeah. disappear. Yeah, but that's true. But we kept him long because he was a major head of the cast yeah. and his ideology. Uh, followed with him throughout the show and sort of laid the groundwork. As does Charlie's character, Andy, mm-hmm. and I think um, you know they could set some things up to really push in um, Niall's character, which is Kiki Lane's character, yeah. and and mm-hmm. she could maybe run the team later. But I, I thought it was an interesting concept, and um, it was nicely done. Because sometimes mm-hmm. things can be really fucking cheesy, yeah. especially when it comes to like having women do action roles. They. I think also it, it added that it was a woman who did it, so mm-hmm. it, it's far more believable. Um, it's just not some, you know, bullshit nonsense. Anyway.
2: Dudes making out, I was down for that.
0: Oh yeah, this also, yes, thank you. Yeah. Also, they had a major gay storyline in it, yeah. which was nicely done
1: yeah.
0: and, and, and nicely um, revealed.
1: Right, and it was about their relationship over time. It and wasn't just yes, it wasn't about, about sex and, and it, it
0: was a crazy. whole romance. Yeah, right. like a like a long studied romance. You know, that grew, and I liked how they did it. Right, it was very interesting.
1: Well, you know, for me, one I like, I like supernatural kind of yes. storytelling, and and I appreciate the action too. I give you, you know, I was giving you hell because I know mm-hmm. how much you love this very similar story that you mm-hmm. would love to watch all the time all the time but i think that what was fun about this because i also can appreciate a, a graphic novel and in this kind of storytelling of these immortals because i'm all about being immortal myself me so too i can appreciate that Sorry, and you. i like how you know Charlize. you know but Charlize does a lot she's done a lot of this same kind of but super, she does a lot super, of others super too. badass woman like but i feel like she wanted to change the way she was being perceived and she's been doing you know, she went from, like, biopics of the serial killer, uh, where she played... Uh, Aline yeah. Fisher. Yeah, e. Fisher. And then, you know, she Monster. was in other kinds of films, where it was just all about her beauty, and, and being in support of...
0: She's also done a lot that it was man. not about her beauty, too. Right,
1: but she's in, in those other roles, where because she's a, a classic Hollywood beauty, so to speak, right. that she could have easily been typecast in, in this. Right. And in her Mad Max role, she's been... In and, and which atomic, will be An Atomic Blonde An Atomic Blonde Which she was sensational But in. she's
0: also producing These films right. as well She's a
1: part of it So right. I know that She's she's calling her own shot So to speak yes. So I think That's what I can appreciate about it
0: She produced the Ogre as well
1: and, and you know And I know her
2: to be at She is She's not a Standard celebrity producer Where they're just there She right. is right. she is a on. Hands, hands on, on. Mm-hmm.
0: She's not in the PGA Is she? How come she doesn't have The a, a, a...
2: So that's not a, So that's not a membership marker the p.g.a oh, is that? the it's a designation that's given by the guild for the producers that did the core of the actual work of producing the movie oh, so that's I actually see. film to film you okay. do not have to be in the guild to get a PGA. And oh, just okay. because you are in the guild does not mean you get the PGA. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay.
0: That makes sense. Because she had a PGA for Bombshell. Correct. But she didn't have one for this. No, what so about. it would have been
2: determined so that it, it's actually done by a review committee. Um, it's a very complicated process. But I see. Right. long story short, each individual producer for each film was designated with the mark or without the mark.
0: That makes sense. Yeah. Okay.
1: But like well, I said, you can, you can tell she was... In charge of her destiny, and, yes. you, and you know you could see the partnership between her and um, the Gina Gina direct the director. You could yeah. you could feel that energy around the, the show, mm-hmm. and um, at no point did they they pull any you know pull any punches with it. So I think mm-hmm. that that was what was cool about it, and even the backstory of the character of Andy. Mm-hmm.
0: The backstory of the character Andy seemed very 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 well aligned and maybe queer. Yeah, there was a lot happening it there. It might be in, a little bit there, of There's something. a lot of unanswered like questions. Of some there was a part.
1: lot of unanswered questions in that. Which leads part us of to it. part two. Right. So I think that it definitely has the potential to come back. Yeah. It's one of the most popular streamed uh Netflix shows Surely. over this past few weeks. So I think that it will definitely it will definitely lead to something else. So we'll just have to wait and see what happens. But I, I also enjoyed the film and you know, I haven't watched it as much as Tawana has I only watched it twice. Mm. But um,
0: <laughs> I didn't say I was gonna watch it some more. Right. I so far i have only watched it toys. <laughs> got it.
1: Um, but I think that, like I said, I'm I'm glad it was out there. I'm glad she's been able to do that, and um, and and just to give us some variety because I felt like we needed some action adventure kind of stories yes. being told during this time because you need that. We also you need, need an We also need some some horror to happen during Ooh, this time.
0: I got some horrible. I got some horror coming.
1: It's coming for you. It's okay, coming. Good. I just okay, ain't pulling out yet.
0: All right. I was giving you breaks.
1: So I'm. I'm. Thank. Thank <laughs> you for that. Thank you for that. Um, you're welcome. Um, so, what's your what's your number for it? Is, is there, there any?
0: Five? Is there really any? Really, is that a question? I already, I'm gonna give it a six. You're,
1: okay.
0: <laughs> six two huge girl nuts.
1: <laughs> okay. I will. G- <laughs> I'm, I'm going to give it a five and a half stars With a boy nut Because you really enjoyed it And I enjoyed watching you enjoy I mean. it And I enjoyed the whole idea Of these immortal superheroes yes. Doing their shit all over the world So that I can appreciate And shout out to Homeboy from Harry Potter
0: Yeah, War. He was
1: quite funny to me, and I was—it was good to see him. There's also a little, there's also an Easter egg in there that relates back to Harry Potter. I've still got to find it. so I'm gonna watch. But also, it
0: again. Uh, the character whose name I'm gonna look up briefly—he uh, was from Harry Potter, remember? Yes, mm-hmm.
1: that's my point. But there's an Easter egg in there that His name that is, connects back to Harry Potter. He, I won't
0: tell you who he is, but I'll tell you he plays the character of Merrick. Mm-hmm. So. Then you, once you see his face, you'll understand who we're mm-hmm. speak, referring to. But
1: Fun stuff, fun stuff.
0: Fun stuff. Now let's move on to something more...
1: Thought-provoking.
0: Thought-provoking? Mm-hmm. Yes. Different tone.
1: Disclosure.
0: Disclosure. Let's see. Okay, so Disclosure takes an in-depth look at Hollywood's depiction of transgender people and the impact of those stories on transgendered lives and American culture. Directed by Sam Feder, who I think Sam is trans um, as well. Uh, starring lots of, lots of famous trans actors. Uh, Laverne Cox, Bianca Leigh, Jen Richards, uh, Alexander Billings, Susan Stryker, Lily Warchowski. Um, I'm sorry her sister wasn't in it, actually. I'd like to yeah, I would have, have to heard hear her, her perspective as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and and on and on. Uh, Zeke, Zeke Smith, Marquise Wilson, Jasmine, with the M-U-N. Uh, and on and on. There were there was an extensive cast of uh, trans actors and uh, creatives. You want to start? You can start. You want me to start? Mm-hmm. All right. So, disclosure. Um... I really loved this, uh, really loved this doc. It was it was really quite insightful. Um, just just the, the very history of visibility in media. Uh, they really take it back from sort of the negative to what is burgeoning on the positive. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and, and really it's true effects on trans people in their real lives. And one of the major points they mentioned at the very beginning is how much they desperately want proper representation, but also how much, the more they're seen, the more they're violated. Yes. And so... And I understand that. Right, so what I've truly taken away from from the film was, um, yeah, just very, that very thing is, is that they need a, a very broader visual perspective um, so that people can see them as they really are, and so that people that are trans could see something that is actually reflected back at them right. as a truism, right. not as an, some, honest portrayal. Right, an honest portrayal, not as just like horrifying uh, warning sign of what you're getting yourself into, in a sense. Right. Um, so I really liked it. Um, a few notes I made were that, uh, you know, Hollywood... Would portray, and this is what they mentioned in the movies as well. Is that Hollywood portray black men or PRCs as a joke when they were in a dress, in a way to sort of emasculate them? But what Hollywood has taught us is that um, people uh, to treat people in dresses as evil, or weird, or a joke, and it's not. It, it's not even as if pers- as to say that that if a man is in a dress, he should be. It's because it's Hollywood's way of just emasculating them. These are two different, two different ideologies. Mm-hmm. That's Hollywood's perspective and agenda. And then there are people who are actually living their lives as transgendered, transgendered people, specifically women, who live very real, natural lives and are not to be taken as a joke. Right. Because their lives are true. Um, also, what, what they also touched that I, I found very interesting is that um, trans men are always invisible. And uh trans women are always aligned with transphobia and horrible violence. Right. Horrible violence. The number of trans women actors uh tell of the trans storylines that they have acquired as actors, right? Um, where, where they usually end up dead or from some viol- from some violent occurrence or from some sort of medical abnormality having to do with their genitalia right. in some way. Almost as if Mildred Piercy, like if you take this role, you take this course, you will ultimately die some horrible death mm-hmm. either by violence or like an act of God.
2: And, and bring that to the everyone around you. Right, and right.
0: bring that to everyone around you. And
1: your own presence is a betrayal of someone that Loves you, right? And then they have to, they have to confront you. There's always a confrontation. There's always a, a thing that they, and then there's a rejection, right? And almost repulsion of you. And right. they represented that really well in this film. I thought, because I, I yeah. it really, it spoke to that fear that one people have for not understanding the other. Because it's, it's the fear of the other. Mm-hmm. It's that fear they capitalize on. And Hollywood has been hollywood sadly has been reinforcing the stereotype the the fear the unknown and Mm -hmm. so they make it something that's dangerous and then they make it something that feels like you have to protect yourself from and that's why a lot of these women have been hurt persecuted killed under the guise of
0: because Hollywood has told you the answer to this is death, right? and, and or that's, harm. That's a very,
1: very dangerous or thing. Or sex work. Mm-hmm. Or
0: and then and then even when in, in 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 the guise of sex work, it's demonized. So you you oust these people. You they can't get. Uh, Average, as I use air quotes Average Mm -hmm. jobs, right? Mm -hmm. Because they're not recognized They're quote-unquote
1: mainstream jobs Mainstream Mm -hmm.
0: jobs And so then a lot of people have been forced into sex work And sex work is work And so... But then it's demonized. So, you know, it's, 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 you're stuck between a rock and a hard place. You can't have it either way. Right. So basically their answer is to end your life or make you disappear in some way.
1: Right, because those men that they're usually having the sex with don't want to be identified as sleeping with another man, quote unquote, mm-hmm. or being perceived as being gay. Mm-hmm. So there's a whole lot of context Around that, that I think has kind of led to a greater problem, and I agree with with the sentiment in the, in the piece that talked about the fact: the more that we are seen, and the more that our lives have been exposed, right. the more we have. To, there's more of a potential to, to, become, a to become a victim, a right. victim, and, that, and that, be harmed. That's very heartbreaking to me because you just want you just want to live your truest, fullest life, and for people just to decide that your life has no value. Right. and they can just take it away just because they choose to be right. judge, jury, and executioner, it, 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 it's just baffling to me.
0: Well, then and that leads us to uh, also what they were speaking about is while things have gotten better in mm-hmm. portrayals of trans life, right. uh, it ultimately winds up being portrayed by a cis male, mm-hmm. usually white, yes. um, portraying a trans woman and... Yes, he gets awards and yes, he did a pretty good job, but ultimately he becomes himself again, which is a cis man. But it's important for what they were saying and what I believe, um, it's important for them to have trans people uh, shooting these actual roles, like in Pose, Mm -hmm. right? Because when these people leave their jobs of playing a character per se in a film or a piece, When you see them again, they are themselves. Mm -hmm. They are trans people. And so then you see them not just as a character, but then as a person, like in the case of Laverne Cox, who played, um, I forget her character on uh, Orange is the New Black. But she played a trans person who was incarcerated. And they repeatedly go into the character of her as a person and what she had to go through and how she had to uh, transition and, um, who she is just like all these levels, her as a parent. Um, and then you see Laverne Cox on a, on a red carpet and it's Laverne Cox. It's not Laverne Cox as a, as a man. It's Laverne Cox as a woman, as who she mm-hmm. actually is. Right. And so you, it realizes, it, it, it affirms the realization of that character of like, oh, that's just a character and you're an actual trans person. Right. And so that makes it more real. That fleshes them out. That makes them not a threat. That makes them not a victim. It makes them a person.
2: One of the things I really appreciate, and I can't remember who brought it up, but they they also spent a little bit of time talking about portraying real characters because obviously in Boys Don't Cry that is it actually that, that is a true story. That is a true biopic. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, okay. But then they you know they also took on Dallas Buyers Club, yes. which I actually the first time I saw the film I think I really liked it, and then the more I learned yeah. about it, the Less, I liked it about the yes. actual facts about of the, story. the actual, about facts, the actual, of the actual story. facts of the
0: story and how she's the actual hero.
2: Well, no, she doesn't exist. She
0: doesn't exist. No,
2: the character played by um, Jared Leto. Jared Leto does not exist.
0: I thought that was a real person. It is
2: absolutely not a real person. <gasps> So everything that happens to that character in the film is actually not based on reality. It was written specifically that way. And he
0: wonderfully played that part. Even... even
2: does... That person does not exist. But that person doesn't exist. So you... So So you can't
0: even honor them.
2: Correct. And so you're... And so what they basically did is they took this film, which I think could have been a very interesting film about a straight, cis, white guy who has AIDS, who was fighting the fight for a lot of other people... And then you layer that he wouldn't in, have
0: normally been a part of. Correct. And right. then
2: you layer in right. this trans character that does not mm-hmm. exist, and then due to that character, what they actually did to the character in the Dallas Buyers Club right. becomes even worse mm-hmm. than just having not included the character to begin with. So you're just, literally inserting it into a true story, right? And just like
1: how they eliminated the black male friend I was of just about to
2: and say and
0: that. Boys Don't Cry, right? Who
1: was an ally.
0: There was a yeah. There was a black who was killed, correct? Black man, you know, who, but his A black cis man right. who was an ally of Brendan Dina's. Oh. But his
1: whole story got eliminated. It got
0: it got whitewashed. Right. It was yeah. just
1: eliminated from the story. So it's
0: like, and that could have brought a whole other element a, to the a story. A whole Another dynamic, mm-hmm. correct? Which would show that Brendan was a fully fledged person. What people cared about him, right. and so. I mean, there's been there. That was also a, a mention, a topic that they mentioned in the doc was about how Hollywood um, whitewashes history and how there were, like you said, there was a black man in Brendan Tina's story, and that why wasn't he in the film? Right. This this film was directed by a queer woman, a queer cis woman, um, a queer white cis woman. So why why what was your rationale for not including this person? Uh, this black person in this film. Also, then they they, they would mention about why wasn't Marsha and Sylvia in the Stonewall movie? Right. I mean, uh, they would, they-
2: Directed by a gay man.
0: Right, directed right. by a gay man. Rolling. But But we also know that within the history of, of gay history, there's been a number of things then which we, we we push apart from because white, cis, gay men are, are notorious about pushing away the narrative from anything trans or of color. And that's not to say all white cis gay men do that. But there's been gay men's health crisis is a number one offender of that. Well, I I'm, mean,
2: that's a complicated relationship with Larry. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we, we, you know, Ben and I participate in the, uh, an event every year. And you've gone with us a couple of times, which is the Drag March. Yes. Which was literally born out of the 25th anniversary of the New York City Pride essentially the Heritage of Pride, which is the organization that runs the main Pride thing, Mm -hmm. put out an edict that there would be no drag queens, no leather, no freaks, no nothing in the regular parade because they're trying to make it more family-friendly. To even
0: use the word freaks is like...
2: So they they literally had to create this entire counter-narrative or this counter-demonstration, this counter-march to be included in the Pride story, which actually began within that community.
0: Right. And and speaking of... uh, Lack of representation. Um, I was happy to see there was a number of trans men in the film uh, that spoke about their journey. And part of their journey heavily resonated with me because they show how the sort of 80s, 90s. uh what do you call them talk shows mm-hmm. especially like things like jerry springer jerry
1: springer Sarah jesse raphael Sari jesse
0: raphael even oprah in her early days right. had some sort of clown like circus regime um and i'm sorry it is what it is we didn't start at super soul sundays mm-hmm. but you know no. um and i wish we could end that but it's <laughs> just me <laughs> that, yes, that's let's let's move on church
1: folks but we'll, um, we'll anyway. just move
0: but Super Soul Sunday is also about, not just church, but it's about yeah, like Buddhism know. and a he few other really things. Tired. I understand. I'm, tired and put upon. But I, anyway. I understand your personal opinion. <laughs> but anyway, but anyway sorry, Jim, I no. digress and move on to, um, there's one particular episode that they mentioned in the, of Jerry Springer, that they mentioned in the film about a, a young trans man named Reno who was um, outing himself uh to his girlfriend and it was the first time and you know when i was a kid i watched jerry springer like everybody else to watch the the circus come to town basically because that's what his shows were and it was the first time i'd ever seen a black trans person and um for me the image was empowering um even though it was a clown show the image was empowering and what reno would say was 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 interesting and um it informative um and even though although he was a uh, a trans man, um I realized that there was there was someone else in the world that existed similarly to myself, mm-hmm. and um very much and then and then boys don't cry happened, and then I really resonated you know so deeply for me uh to the point in which I then became afraid, much like the trans men say in the film, of the danger of living such a representative life. Um, I'll explain. Uh, You've heard this show before. I am a a stud or an MOC woman, which means masculine of center woman. Um, I represent outwardly uh, in a very male presence. So I wear men's clothing and I have short haircut and My swag is probably That of like A dapper man Or you know A suave man Of some sort A charming man But you get the gist I jest. love her
1: adjectives Dapper Suave
0: uh, These are true though mm. These are not lies Facts All facts, Girl nuts. facts. Girl, Girl nuts Girl nuts All part of MLC life mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> And so And so um, what, 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 What's really interesting to me Is that Representation means a lot because within that guise, I found myself being a cinephile, right? Always. Searching for my image in what is reflected to me off of the screen. And so between Brendan's story, Brendan's story, and then like um, Reno's story and things like that, I, I, I find myself being between these two worlds, right? Mm-hmm. Wait, am I, am I trans? Wait. Or I didn't even know that the other side of the world, I didn't even know that the MOC world even existed. Mm -hmm. And so I found myself in this place where I had to, like, identify myself. Um, Do I just... Is it just about representation for me, representing my masculine energies? Or is it about actually, like, removing myself from my actual cisgender to being a male? Mm -hmm. And so that that's really important representation because for a young a young woman like me i was really sort of stuck in this world where i had to really sort of itemize what things were for me and what they meant and what, how i needed to live and eventually you know i found my place but these images had a great deal to do with that and so in terms of that i will speak also onto what they they talked about in the l word and so in the L word, their representation is trash, okay? From the beginning to the end. But back then when we were thirsty for water in a fucking desert of nothing, we all watched the fucking L word desperately watching these white high fems live their best gay, you know, California lives. And then they would throw in Tasha, who was like this um, MOC soldier, right? MOC, once again, is masculine Center, uh, for those of you who don't know. The Acronyms and you know Tasha just wasn't quite what what I knew to be MOC women you know she was through the lens of a cis white high fem, les. and so was Max Max was also MOC and eventually became trans and Max was very much, as they speak in the, in the show, through the guise of some woman, some cis woman, lesbian, affluent, who didn't really, you know, it, it, it doesn't cost much to put a, put a person in a, in a writer's room. This is why we've spoken about writer's rooms before, mm-hmm. right? Why it's important to have people who actually reflect the actual character in the room so you can get it right. right. You know, and so...
2: And, and I would, sorry, I don't want to interrupt, no, no, but one. I would add on to that because I think it's actually really important. Yes. It, that the, the atmosphere in the writer's room is also one where the people who are put in the room in order to be able to have those conversations actually feel empowered to have those conversations. Right,
0: right. Because
2: so, it's not good enough to just have them in the room. Right, to feed to be off of them. Correct. And that's,
0: and that's they to need think, to be the ones that are writing as well.
1: That's why Pose has been so... Yeah. Mind altering in the fact that they have people in the production behind the scenes. The writers, the creators, the the directors, the actors, everyone is lived
0: actual lives, Mm -hmm. lived actual cultures, done actual all the things that that, that the the trans community is afflicted by. And so to continue my thought about the L word, is I was excited when the L word returned recently with the L word Generation Q. So I assumed after their reality show and all their bullshit, they'd figured some shit out. But no, they're still cis, white, rich, we, right? white rich, um, privileged, uh, high-femmes who still were, were, were putting forth um, non-people of color, okay? Mm-hmm. Making them all in these high-femme outfits of, like, business suits and, like, uh, like fashion as, like, Vogue on fucking L And then... They threw in a trans person, which in in one regard I felt great. Okay, great. You put in a trans person because you so vehemently destroyed Max in your previous incarnations. And then now you put a real trans actor in playing a trans person, having a relationship with a cis gay man. Fantastic. You're really pushing the needle. And then the trans actor is asian and his partner is latino and you give us a tiny bit of color and what appears to be a dominican girl and her um uh colombian girlfriend who is who is uh really uh, what is what is the world anyway i digress (laughs) the point i'm trying to make here Mm -hmm. is where did i go where am i where am I in this narrative? So you replace me with a trans man? So we can't exist in the same atmosphere. We don't exist. And so uh, before, I, before I went crazy off Facebook and all the other shit that I made post on uh, about it when it was in in, in review, um, the issue I had was that why why was this? Where did you get these people from? And so they remarked that it was from the community of Silver Lakes. So you're telling me Lena Waith is the only dyke that exists in the world? Yes. No. That's not true. She's not the only fucking dyke that exists in the world. And there are all sorts of... Uh, and, and, and if you're offended by that, I apologize. I'll use stud. I'll use whatever you want. But she's not the only existence in the world. And also, if she exists, why is she not an L word? So you just replace us. Oh. I'm sorry. You had Shane. A oh, white sis because uh, she will not get stud because that is, that is derivative by culture and, and color. So let's, let's just talk about that. You throw, and then you throw in a black girl to date her. So, I mean, I mean, if you really want to do representation, you're, you're going the wrong way about it. And so now I'm the one who's becoming invisible and, and I'm not comparing myself to trans men's play at all. But I'm saying it's either or now. Of course. And so that is offensive to me. Because why am I not an incarnation in your show?
2: Well, I, I think what's interesting. In the t- world too, is that you see you see with the inclusion of trans characters also walking away from non binary or non gender right. conforming characters. Though, though mm-hmm.
0: they did have someone who seemed to be MOC and non binary or uh or um um non-gender conforming yeah Uh, that person didn't seem to really sort of uh identify as with the pronouns of she and her um and so i mean they never even really touched on it but they, they, they sort of alluded to it so there's there's your marker for that yeah it's like fuck you you're giving me little bitty tabs on little bullshit but you claim to be you claim to be the bible of the lesbian world but you're not, you're not sis, what, what are we doing? And you're not even talking about people who are working fucking regular jobs, like you're talking about all these moguls in your show. Everybody's rich on your fucking show, so who's, who's actually a real person working a real job? You know what I mean? Where are the real people? Because if you're telling me real people don't exist in Hollywood and fucking LA, you're full of shit. <laughs> LA is full of fucking people like that. So guess what? You have to change the narrative representation is very important because it's not only important for the people who are watching it, but it's for the, it's important for the people who are representing it on screen. And so if you control the narrative, you control people's lives and the danger that exists with it. Well, at least you're on the screen. There's never any people
1: with disabilities having any kind of lives. I'm barely so, on the screen. So
0: I, I've been
1: screaming this. Since the beginning of time and now I have to scream it at my job because we create stories Mm -hmm. in what I do and where are your people with disabilities and it doesn't have to be about mobility disabilities where the where is everybody like you're just you're not showing that you're not we actually have lives we we interact with other people we work we live even though 19% of people with disabilities actually have jobs because of the pandemic and the whole situation, which is shocking to me, because you're talking about millions of people that don't have work. Mm-hmm. So, and considering I've worked my entire life, I can't even imagine it. And when I'm constantly talking to recruiters at my job and how they're bringing in people, I was like, "Are we ever considering people with disabilities? Is is that ever a conversation beyond the fact that I've never seen myself represented on television, movies, right. and so on and so forth? Beyond that, I'm."
0: In the way in which you you want to be represented. That
1: No, that I know is real. Right, so, that's what I'm saying. Because, unfortunately, for, for the majority of people with disabilities, we are, we, we're the freaks. We're obviously the freaks. We're, the, we're part of the menstrual show. Mm-hmm. And then you have the... You know, that, that situation of you're weaker, you're isolated, you're, you're less than, you're, you're some kind of oddity in the way that you don't have the lives that other people have. But we are all in the same space. So I totally agree. And that's what resonated with me in talking about disclosure, because I felt like a lot of these same tenants mm-hmm. live in, in that conversation, too. And we brought it up when we talked about Crip Camp earlier yes. this summer. And I think that more and more there has to be, a conversation around that and I push buttons at, at my job every day and I'm like if we're gonna create content that goes out to the world you have to represent everybody that's a part of that and not just who you deem as worthy and what looks like America because there's a whole lot of America oh, yeah. that has to exist and 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 we, we need to put shine some light on that too and I just remember there was one film I saw and it, it stayed in, in my lexicon. That, that film, Norman, that I talked about, Yes, uh, that was on Netflix many years ago, and I actually met the actor. And he wasn't a disabled actor, he was just an actor playing the role. But he played that role mm-hmm. so well, of a disabled person who lived a life, who had a relationship, who was, who, you know, he had a full forged mm-hmm. existence. Right. And you just didn't see that. And I told him, we, we met on a train on a train a subway train in New York City and I stopped him and I said I I've never talked to actors I don't really give a shit like that right. but I he had to stop way. him and tell him that his portrayal of someone in a wheelchair was so accurate in in how he talked about the being disabled being in a relationship trying to navigate his health while Managing the relationship and uh-huh. his job and all these other things that he had going, his friendships with other people, because it also right. encapsulated his friendships and his and the people in his lives other than. Oh, his caregiver because he didn't have a caregiver he took care of himself and the majority of us actually take care of ourselves we do right. not have attendance in health care and oh you know all this need for assistance right. outside of whatever tool we're using to get around mm-hmm. so I think that and I let him know I said you did a fantastic job and yes there could have been other actors with disabilities who could have played that part too. Because mm-hmm. I'm, on, I'm on their side too. And I do believe that it needs, just like with the trans community, mm-hmm. there needs to be actual people with these situations playing mm-hmm. these roles. Like gay people playing gay characters. Yeah. There are plenty of actors and actors. Because we don't want to see people in blackface. Nope. So we also need, we also need representation that's mm-hmm. real across the board. And, and things like this film... And Netflix is doing a great job of these kinds yeah, of yeah, they're doing a great job of breaking
0: into all these because you really Be- need to tap into because that. Because even, even then, it's just like you know, as you mentioned, people with disabilities. There's also queer people with disabilities. Yes, so it's like they're they're important in the discussion as well. They exist, mm-hmm. and 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 their story of how they find love. And but who you, they never are. you never see that because it's not pretty. No, you it's never not see pretty. it. It's not pretty. But it's just a uh, Netflix seems uh, unafraid to expose things as they are. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not putting Netflix on a cross. I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm sure they're a company that has their own issues. But they have been trying, vehemently trying, to bring forth real stories of true lives. And for that, I say bravo, Netflix.
2: Yeah. It's almost like that's what happens when you remove the pressure of a box office. Yep. Yeah.
0: And they have their own theaters now. Yeah. So they can say, go fuck yourself. And I'm putting this In the Oscar contention Right <laughs> You know That's just That's just where they sit And I'm happy for them In those regards I mean they have A whole thing called What is it Strong Black Leads Yeah That's a whole Fucking separate Netflix Whole separate Instagram page For black leads Of shows about Black lives And black culture Black diaspora mm-hmm. Come the fuck on they're trying to be an ally in the best kind of way. I know they're making money, but at least we're getting something out of it.
1: Right. And, and you know, I think at the end of the day, and what we're all learning from these culture wars that we're in right now, yeah. is that it's opening a door and it's, it's shining a light on the history of America that includes everybody yeah. and not just white men, predominantly. White cis men. So I think that we need to, we need to see the world is opening up in a way that that we're just gonna to have to adjust to. But I do feel like there's gonna be a backlash on all of this because we're pushing, everybody's pushing the envelope. Everybody wants their opportunity to be seen. And it's there's gonna come a time when your your Trumpers and people like that are gonna to want to get their shine back. I don't know where it's gonna start.
0: You can try and get your shine back. But right I
1: don't, about. I just know that we all have to understand do it while you can And, and make as many Do it while you can, as you can And
0: make as many Inroads mm-hmm. as you can And I'm sorry Fuck that White is out The bullshit Fuck the bullshit I'm not about it I'm not about your nonsense I'm not about your Your, your half ass lineage Cause half of my people Are part of your lineage too So whatever sort of Culture you think You're rocking With a fucking Stars and bars That ain't culture It's called racism On a fucking flag And if you wanna do it again You ain't got enough people And enough fucking receipts so, good luck with that. Oh, my
1: God. Anyway. <laughs> so, I'm going to give this film a five out of five. Yeah, I'm going to give this a solid I really solid liked it. I really liked it. It was informative. Five. It was a good take on media. Yes. Because it was a good... I really appreciated the, the, the spin on media because they could have actually just been about personal experiences yeah. and, and, and But journeys, they used examples. But they used examples that people could
0: have seen and people and can relate too. to. Yeah.
1: Because once you see something, like that whole part about the Jim Carrey movie.
0: Yeah, the about getting sick at the sight of that, trans people and how it relates to the crying game. Right, and,
1: and just the whole idea of you know, something that's deemed as, as comedy and funny mm-hmm. has such a detrimental reaction from yes. people who are living in those lives. Right. And we need to open up our minds to that and how, just how cultures and how people have reflection. been represented. Yeah. How people have been represented throughout culture, birth of a nation right. and how it portrayed black people and how that hurts. It's not just, it's just not for entertainment. Everything that we deem as entertainment is not for entertainment purposes. It's purpose not for only. entertainment purposes. So I think people need to wake up to how, how stuff is being put out there and, right. and how we're eating it up and right. calling it true because right. that's not necessarily real lives.
0: Well, you know, the, 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 the issue here in America is whatever said is true. Right. Um, no, it's not always true. And sometimes it's just someone else's just bullshit excuse for being a bigot. Yep. Um, and, uh, you know, we have our freedoms and our rights to say what we want to say, but we also have our rights to deny you access to our lives and our culture and the ways you want to misappropriate right. and, and change it in whatever way is possible. Right. So I will give this a solid, solid five, actually a five and a half, because I was yeah. very, very, very appreciative of the amount of trans males that you put in there. Right. Um, and I, I, I really appreciated their journey and their story because um, I truly believe that a lot of what not completely, so don't get me wrong. I'm not comparing apples to oranges here. But uh, a lot of what trans um, men go through, I think MOC have shared some of their experiences in terms of representation and danger and, um, mm-hmm. and reflection on the world and how, how we're seen as uh, women trying to be men um, right. instead of just living in our own truths um and living our own identities and our own energies and i and i thank you for that because uh you touched a part of my young life that uh that i didn't realize was so affected yeah and by you what know, you show just,
1: we have to you know pay honor to all the trans women of color that have been killed in the Absolutely. last few years because it's been and all know, the trans men as well so so many, so and, many. And, and,
0: and so many of the women who I'm sorry, I don't have it readily available There's a whole to, list. to give you, but there is a whole There's list. a whole list That's and, happening and, every week. And wake up, because, you know, uh, Black Lives Matter wasn't just about raising awareness of black lives in general. It was all black lives, black mm-hmm. lives, queer lives, trans lives. Like We all matter in all our varying degrees. We are yes. not disposable. And I recommend you see this film. Absolutely. And... Um, we thank you thank you for showing up
1: good to see you Tawana
0: good to see you all Kevin Ben, Kevin, ben. enjoy your pandemic lives be safe be well wear, wear your, your mask. fucking mask wear your mask it's the only way that's right okay? don't wear be your stupid mask. shout out to Dr.
1: Fauci don't worry about it yeah keep on. telling folks
0: I can't wait to vote early yes I can't wait
1: We're doing it's it. like
0: a birthday I'm going to have to. Vote 2020, people. I wish I could vote twice. (laughs) Vote 2020. Yes. Thank you so much for showing up. This is Beer Bourbon. And a movie. And a movie.